come to monetizing purpose where we pursue purpose earning a living doing what we love with the people that we love why are you so desperate eh? why are you so desperate why are you so desperate to get a break that you negotiate in bad faith why are you so desperate that you are selling yourself and your purpose short? Hey, today we are talking about negotiating for your purpose. As you go about your journey to fulfill your purpose, as you've discovered and you are working towards the fulfillment of your purpose, there will come a time when you've monetized your purpose. And when you are working on the monetization of your purpose, you are going to get into boardrooms, boardrooms if it's boardrooms. You are going to get into a negotiating tables, whichever size, however big or small they are. Don't negotiate desperately. Don't sell yourself too short. Don't sell yourself too short that you negotiate too desperately. If, if there's any man or woman who walks out of a deal in the negotiating room, it's the man who's too desperate. Whether it's the soccer player, whether it's the basketball player, the tennis player, whichever, I can give you countless, many, many, many examples. Many, many examples of men and women who negotiated desperately. And they lived to regret it. You know, if, if I'm thinking about someone who, who, who was never too desperate when they were negotiating. One of my favorite examples is Tyler Perry. You know, when Tyler Perry was on his, uh, when he got on his journey writing plays and performing in, in, in art studios and, 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 and play, uh, play theaters. He, he, he never got to a point where he, he negotiated desperately. He, he, he knew, he knew the value. He knew the value of the gift that he carried. And he appreciated how worth, how much worth that gift has for him. And what that gift can do for him. As you are looking about going to negotiate, whether you are going to be negotiating for your business, whether you are going to be negotiating for a, a book deal, whichever deal up, know your worth. Hey, know your worth and know that what you are carrying, the purpose that you were called and created for, there is no dollar amount, no pound amount, no rent amount, no shilling amount, no yet whichever currency it is that you are using. There is no dollar amount that can equate to the assignment that you've been given. You know, when you, when you come out of poverty or, or when you are coming from a poverty-stricken background, Sometimes every and any opportunity to eat, it's the best opportunity that you think that you have because it will alleviate the hunger that you have. Hey, my friend, don't sell yourself too short. Hey, don't sell yourself too short because of an empty stomach. 
And, and if it gets to a point where you are negotiating with an empty stomach, hey, if, if for whatever reason you cannot, you cannot miss that negotiation opportunity with that hungry stomach of yours. Then don't negotiate long-term contracts on an empty stomach. Don't, don't negotiate long-term contracts on an empty stomach. However desperate you are, don't negotiate long-term contracts on an empty stomach. Take some time. Breathe in and breathe out. Take a day or two. Then come back tomorrow sober. Then get back on the negotiating table. Because if you negotiate on an empty stomach, and if you negotiate desperately, you're going to lose out. I remember a few years ago, I was uh, I was writing blogs for this Christian publishing website, publishing magazine. I don't know. I don't know how 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 has it grown or where it is today. And, and, and you know, you know, you know. This, I I thank God that I saw this. When I was young, I remember the first time when I went to university, when I went to Vets University. And I remember as I was registering, I remember as I was registering uh, that, uh, you know, when you're registering for your first year. And I remember I was even late. And I remember <laughs> that morning. I thank God. I thank God for, for Vets, you know. I thank God for Vets and the registration team. Because you know, I had come from Limpopo. I don't know. I don't know where Vets is, and I'm thankful for Tabiso and 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 my uncle and the church at Oliven or OCF. Go to Johannesburg. They welcomed me. In fact, I thank God. It was Teddy. It was Teddy. Yeah, Teddy. Teddy was the one who 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 showed me around Oliven when when I when I had first arrived. Because at the time when I was supposed to go to my uncle's place, the my uncle and, 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 and his wife and the family were, were not at home. So the first stop for me to get off, I got off at Oliven. And it was at Oliven where I spent the day with Teddy and his family. And I thank God for them because they were the ones that showed me around. And after they showed me around and for the couple of days to come, then, I, then, I, then my uncle connected me with Taiso. Tabiso was the one who took me to Johannesburg. He was the one who took me to Johannesburg and showed me where Vets was. He showed me Bramfontein. He showed me where I got the bus, where I would catch the taxi. And I'm thankful for him. Then came the day when I was supposed to go and register. And I woke up very ill. I was so excited to be going to Vets, man. It had been a dream of mine. It had been a dream of mine. And, and, and I got... Like, I woke up very early. I knew that this was an opportunity that I didn't want to miss. So I left around 6 a.m. and my registration time was 9. Thinking that I six uh, by 7 I'll be there and I'll be waiting for 9. Counter, uh, air traffic, maybe I'll be there around 8 and I'll still be early. Hey, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know what was to happen. Cutting the long story short, I take the... Uh, the security, the security takes, you know, the security guys who are working at the estate uh, that we were living in, those guys have their own bus. So I saw their taxi and I'm like, ah, bye, guys, I'm going to Johannesburg, can I? Then they're like, yeah, sure, man. We are going, we are going there, but we are just going to collect some of our colleagues first in the, in the estates around us. Then we'll go to Johannesburg. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Ah, then while we are doing that, cutting the long story short, 
and I end up it's eight, it's nine, it's nine a.m. and I'm at Alexandra. I, I think it's Alexandra. Yeah, I think it's Alexandra or that other one. I forgot which one. I confuse Alexandra and the other township. I'm there. There's a long queue and it's nine and I'm supposed to be registering. And uh, ultimately, I'm late. I think I got to vets around 10 to 10, to 10, 10 minutes before the end of the registration. I get there, I submit my documents and everything. And what I'm thankful for is that in that particular time, while I'm there, no, even though I'm late, I'm like, no, I'm not going to sign this contract before I read to, to realize or to see what I'm signing myself up to. I'm there, I, I go through the entire contract. I'm like, da, 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 da. I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reading. I'm like, ha! Come to a clause in the contract which says that I'm not sure if it's still there at the moment. Anything that you, anything or any innovation that you come up with, it it becomes uh, the intellectual property, it becomes the intellectual property of the institution. Mm, okay, da, 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 da. then I then that clause in that contract, and and I remember when I next now after I got. After I got excluded from vets because uh, I, I was not performing well because I was not in purpose. I'll talk about that another time. The next institu- institution I went to, it still had the same clause. Anything that you innovate while you are in this institution, it's, it becomes intellectual property of the institution. Boom, boom. Go to University of Pretoria. The same thing. Then I start seeing this pattern. That's when I realized that, no, no, no. If you are going to be signing a contract... You need to read the fine print. Know what you are getting yourself into. Don't just sign anything. Don't just sign anything. And and this is a lesson. This is a lesson that has has served me well. This is a lesson that has served me well because realizing that, then I came to the conclusion that if there is any innovation that I'm going to make, I'm not going to make it whilst I'm registered here. Because if I'm going to be creating something of value with my life. Then, then, then I don't want someone to own. I don't want someone to own my intellectual property. Then fast forward those many years later, I'm writing for this Christian blog magazine. And in the clause, they are saying that, no, 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 when you are signing this contract, the, everything that you are writing for this magazine becomes the intellectual property of, 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 of our company. And it's not yours. You can't post it anywhere. You can't use it anywhere without the written permission from, uh, from the company. And I wrote back to them and I'm like, no, I don't like this clause in the contract because I don't want you to, to hold uh, all of my intellectual property. No, no, let it be. Let me license you. I'm not sure if I used the word license or whatever, maybe mindset or frame of mindset I was at that particular moment. But the gist of the email, the, the response was that, no, I don't like the terms of the conditions. Let's renegotiate. They refused to negotiate. And that was the end of our deal. That was the end of me pa- partnering with that particular magazine and writing for them in that Christian magazine. Now imagine, after that, I, I wrote books. I wrote blogs. Now imagine if I had continued writing for them and I had given them the intellectual property. Everything, every powerful thing. You know, it takes time to write a, a one-page masterpiece. I wouldn't be able to write books without their permission. If they said no, what was I going to do? I wouldn't be able to write my own blog or create my own things because I would have gotten too hungry that I negotiated in bad faith. My friends, in every industry that it is that you are in, never, don't get too desperate. Hey, don't negotiate on an empty stomach. 
Hey, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if, if you are hearing me well. Don't negotiate on an empty stomach. My rule is that I never negotiate when I'm desperate. Because the man or woman who's desperate in any negotiation, they always lose. The man or a woman who's negotiating on an empty stomach, they always lose. Never, 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 ever negotiate for your purpose. Never, ever negotiate for your business desperately. Never, never, ever negotiate desperately. Because when you do that, someone will take advantage of your desperation. How many people do you know who negotiated a movie deal or who negotiated a book deal and they signed over their intellectual property? They signed off everything. They signed off over everything and they, they got one million and maybe 3% of royalties. Then the book turned into a movie that earned billions of rents. The uh, the merchandising deal from that book, they, 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 they came up with match. Maybe it was cartoons and, 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 and it was toys and things like that. And they end up missing out on billions and billions and billions of friends. One of my favorite shows, it's, it's Shark Tank and Dragon's Den. And occasionally there will be someone who goes into Dragon's Den who negotiates desperately. And then they, 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 they either they give up much more equity than they were willing to give up, or they eventually even sell the entire company, only to find out that the company is going to be worth more than they sold it to, uh, at that particular time when they sold it. Only because they negotiated on an empty stomach or they negotiated desperately. You know, one time in that one, then uh, this guy went and he, he, he was negotiating for for his smart doorbell they rejected they rejected his speech and they negotiated they rejected his offer and he 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 he, he said that I, I would i i i i value myself and the product that i'm bringing in this in this den or in this in this shark tank i value myself and the product that i know that i have that i'm not i am not going to negotiate desperately and he walked out he walked out with no deal later on he sold that business hey for a couple of billions hey <laughs> just imagine i think he he was asking for i'm not sure, I'm, i don't remember the exact figure but it was less than a million and then you ultimately you sell that particular you sell that particular business for billions to Amazon. Another classic example is Jan Kum. I don't know if I'm getting his name, his same name or his last name properly. When he, he was asking for employment at Facebook and they turned him down. They said they turned him down. They turned him down. And he knew, he knew that what he had, the ideas that he had, the innovations that he had, yeah, it were so valuable that he didn't negotiate on an empty stomach. Later on, he sold WhatsApp. Hey, I think it's 20 or 22 billion to the company that said he can't program. Hey, I can give you countless amounts of examples. There's this chap, I forgot his name. I was watching, I was watching him on, a docu- on, on, my, on my Michael Jordan's documentary, The Last Dance. This guy, who, he signed an 18 million deal. Uh, with the with the I don't know if it's the the Bulls which I forgot I, I even forgot the name of the club that he was playing for, and that contract was for seven years, 
and as he kept on playing as he kept on playing and and, and how valuable he became he, he could not go back to the negotiating table only because he, he negotiated on an empty stomach and he was too desperate in every industry that you find yourself in never ever negotiate on an empty stomach never ever negotiate desperately personally my rule i'm always willing to walk out of a deal when i'm negotiating i'm always willing to walk out i'm always willing to take my deal somewhere else if the deal doesn't it doesn't suit me well and it's the, if the deal is not right i'm always willing to walk away you know what that did for me that served me very well i even self published a book because no no publishing company would want to touch my book and and i made lots of money i made lots of money in that book yes i i, I don't know i don't know if i would have made more money had i had i negotiated desperately and just wanted a publisher and i remember the years to come and when 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 my book wasn't when my book wasn't moving and it wasn't selling at the pace that i wanted to and i even wanted to go and sell the book to the publisher and i'm thankful that i never did that so thankful that i never did that because i made so much money with my book and i don't regret self publishing i don't regret self publishing now my book it's in many schools uh, they're teaching uh, the my my purpose curriculum is in schools and students all over johannesburg are learning about purpose from my book now what would what would you have yes yes having had gotten a publisher maybe might have gotten me a bigger pool and bigger numbers but that doesn't matter what i learned was that i could i could do it on my own i can self publish and make lots of money that was the important lesson only because i was not willing i was not willing to get 3% or 2% of a publishing deal i no 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 i thought that why, why should i get 2% of my intellectual property when i can get everything of my intellectual property yes i might have not gotten millions and millions of rents but hey hey i still own everything and later on if it becomes a movie haha i'm going to eat all of the bad <laughs> hey yes sometimes it's sometimes you have to negotiate and it's better to have something of of something of something than to have nothing of everything yes sometimes that's the case but for me personally for me personally no no, no. i would rather have nothing i would rather have nothing of something than to have nothing of everything no 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 i would rather have my book fail and flop than for me to negotiate desperately and then the book that i sold for maybe 1 million rand or 1 million us dollars then ends up making 10 or 100 million imagine what would have happened to jk rowling eh they rejected her they rejected her reporter she self published now she became a billionaire with a b a billionaire with the with her reporter look look at tyler perry look at tyler perry he refused to sell the masters and and the rights to his movies his books he refused now look at him he's a billionaire all because he never allowed himself to negotiate on an empty stomach and to not negotiate desperately don't sell yourself too short don't sell yourself too short you know i always give this example 
that the difference between Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi and other talented players it's their ability to negotiate. Look at Michael Jordan. One of probably one of the greatest basketball players to ever live. And one of the wealthiest. Yay! <laughs> He's made lots of money because he never negotiated desperately. When others were signing off everything permanently, everything because they negotiated on an empty stomach. He didn't. He didn't. You know, when you when you look at someone like Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi and the deals that they've got with their with their different sponsors and everything. It's the difference, man. The man who builds a business on his pep, the difference between the man who builds a, a profitable business on his purpose and the one who suffers is their ability to negotiate. The ability to negotiate doesn't matter in which industry that you, you are called for or you are going into. Don't sell yourself too short that you negotiate desperately. Always, for me personally, I always, I'm always willing to walk out of a deal, even if I walk out with nothing. As long as I've got everything, I'm willing to walk away. I'm willing to walk away. And that has always protected me, and it has always protected my intellectual property. In the age, in the time that we are in, the era that we are in, you, you you never know. You never know what can become of your gift. You never know what can become of your talent. You just never know. You just never know. So instead of getting yourself into long-term contracts in bad faith, rather negotiate short-term contracts if you have an empty stomach. Or when you are negotiating with an empty stomach, negotiate short-term contracts. Negotiate short-term contracts. Don't negotiate long-term contracts. Don't negotiate long-term contracts on an empty stomach. No, don't. Always be willing to walk away. As you are going to be negotiating, you are going to be getting into business deals, you are going to be getting into conference rooms. Take some time before you get into that boardroom or when, before you get to the negotiating table. Take some time alone by yourself and work out what would be the best deal for you. What would be the best deal for you? Find out. Take some time. Take a day or a few days off, a few hours. If maybe you, you are getting this, uh, the notice on short notice, come into the boardroom. When you go into that boardroom, have that number in mind. Hey, hey, hey. If you are going to be negotiating, have that number in mind. If Let's say, for example, you are negotiating for a book. If you are saying that, no, 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 whatever happens, if I'm going to be giving up my intellectual property, I'm willing to give up my intellectual property for 10 million. Have that number in mind so that when you when you get into that negotiating table, you know your number. When they be like, nope, 10 million, you'll be like, nope. They're like, no, we can't do that. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'll go and pitch to other people. Always be willing to walk away from your number. If your number is not met, always be willing to walk away. Always be willing to walk away. How many times have you heard of people who went and, 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 and one of the classic examples, a friend of mine asked me, hey, Mr. Mambulu, I, I, so this guy called me to come and photograph for him and I went to photograph for him at this particular wedding. And this guy paid me 2,000 rands. He paid me 2,000 rands. And I later figured out that later on, he got paid 50,000 rands. And yet he never took photographs. I was the one who was doing all the work and he gave me 2,000 bucks. 
Then I was. Then I said to him, "Yeah, that's okay. You got what you worth. You got what you you were worth." It's like, no, Mister Humble, you're not being fair. No, I'm like, no, no, no. You sold yourself too short. You're the one who negotiated for two thousand. It doesn't matter even if you got two million or two billion. The fact of the matter is that you sold yourself too short. That you thought that the value and the gift that you have was worth two thousand rand. And he paid you what you were worth. Always know that when you are going into a negotiating table, how whatever the outcome of the deal is, you are going to get paid for what you are worth and how much you think you are worth. Whether that number is two thousand rand, two hundred thousand. Two million, two hundred million, two billion, two trillion. That all depends on you and how much you value yourself, how much you value your gift, and how much you value your purpose. If you don't value your purpose, if you don't value your gift, you can give up everything you can negotiate for any and every deal and that will be fine for you if you don't know how much you are worth if you don't know how valuable your gift is if you don't know how valuable your purpose is you can sell you can sell your gift for any amount but if you know how much you are worth if you don't how worth how much worth your gift and your purpose is You've got a number. When you're getting to that negotiating table, have that number in mind. You know, I always say, when I'm speaking by myself, to myself, if someone wants to buy, the only, the only, the only figure that I'm going to ever sell any of my businesses for, it's a billion and more, a billion and more. Never selling a business of mine less than, less than a billion. Unless if I'm not selling all of it, I'm just selling a small portion of it, then I can do that. You see, I've got a number. I know that whatever it is that I'm, build, I'm building, I'm always willing to walk away. I'm always willing to walk away. And yes, it takes time to find the right partner. But it's better to take a year to get a billion than to spend five minutes and get a million. Hey, it's, it's better to spend 15 years to get 100 billion than to spend 5 minutes and get 100,000. It, it all depends on you. Depends on how valuable you see yourself. It depends on how valuable you see your gift. My challenge to you, wherever you are in whichever part of the world that you are in, never, never, ever negotiate desperately. And never, never, ever negotiate on an empty stomach. Because if you do that, someone will take advantage of you. Someone will take advantage of your purpose. And someone else will profit out of the value. The less value that you see yourself. You are valuable. You are worth more than you think. Negotiate in good faith. Don't sell yourself too short. Thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next time.